All right, let's go. Let's go through a few things that you guys are picking up so far in this battle-tested concept. I've got three really powerful concepts for you tonight on what I think the problems are as it relates to people being battle-tested. Um, I just finished with a group of probably 200, 250 people here in Sioux Falls. And um, man, I had a guy tell me once, of all the people you speak to, less than 5% of people will ever have the toughness to go do what you tell them to do. And I remember going home that night incredibly disappointed because I, I really was questioning, man, why do I work this hard to help people? Why do I push this hard? Why, why am I away from my family this much? Why I'm like, like, right? Like if only 5% of people are going to go do it, why am I putting all this effort into this? And so I got kind of freaked out and, um, uh, I called my buddy, Tim Grover. Tim Grover was uh, Jordan's coach, Kobe Bryant's coach, Dwayne Wade's coach. And, and I was in Miami and uh, man, I called Grover at like three o'clock in the morning. And I said, man, I said, uh, man, it all goes to zero at midnight. Like, why are we pushing this hard? Why are we doing all this? Why does it, does it even matter what I'm doing here? And he, he, he said to me, he said, coach, you know, the, the stuff you implant in people, will could help them and their kids and their grandkids and the generations and future generations. And he said, man, that's why you're pushing this hard. That's why you do it. Cause the people who do take it and do something, do do something with it, man, it's going to change their life. Even if it's just 5%. So, so that was very important for me because to me being battle tested, we're going to talk about tonight, kind of the three problems I see as a coach on, on why people struggle to take something and see it through to its conclusion. You know, why do people struggle so much to take an idea and actually see it through to its conclusion, right? To actually do it, to have the toughness and the intensity to actually do it. So give me some things that you guys are taking away from the first couple of weeks with Dr. Elko and I. How you doing, Coach? You doing all right? I'm good. I'm listening. Yeah, I think I think just um, – he's just real straightforward – and uh, he's real genuine and uh, he just speaks the facts. And it's weird because like uh, it, it's like stuff that, that we need to hear. And the more we hear it, the more it kind of becomes uh, embedded in, in, in our, our routine and our habits. Yeah. And I think when you're going through a course like this, just so you know, Stan, I think if you get one concept, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the, the, I mean, he said, I mean, you can't deposit excuses. And yeah. so just that, I mean, just that, you know, and, and like you, you always say, you know, uh, baby seals, not, I mean, Navy seals, not baby seals, just that, that, and it, it automatically sets off a trigger and that trigger automatically reminds of these meetings and everything that we, time we dedicate into, into bettering ourselves. Well, when you think about it too, I want you to remember something he said when they're breaking down the top 250 financial advisors at New York life. And they did a test to basically figured out uh, what, what separated the top people from everybody else. And what separates the top people is really number one, number one over everything is their, their ability to come back and mm. keep coming back. Yeah. Keep coming back. Okay. And that's really the separator. So the question becomes, you know, how do we instill this in people? We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, how do we instill that into people? Okay. 
Uh, now, I will tell you right up front, Archie, give me one or two more, and then, and then I'm going to get started on the three, three real problems with being battle-tested. Kelly, I just want to... Go ahead, Kathy. Hey, you know, the one thing, one of the things that has stood out to me that I've thought about the last couple of weeks is how we talked about not getting in your feelings, right? I mean, there's so many times in a day as a business person, it's like, I don't feel like doing that or I don't want to do that, right? You know, it's not even feelings where, you know, somebody's hurt your feelings. It's more about like just having the tenacity to get up and go after it. And, um, and that was a powerful reminder, I feel like, because I think all of us, you know, we can we can fall into the mindset where I don't feel like it. Right. And so, you know, just that reminder of like, you just got to push through. And quite honestly, coach, just even what you said tonight, it's, you know, sometimes you can get into feelings. Really, you were kind of talking about that to begin with about like, why am I even doing this? Like I'm, you know, not impacting, like I want to impact or I'm not seeing people move the needle. Like I want to see a movement. I'm pouring everything I got out there and nobody's doing anything. And so, you know, get in the feelings. Right. And just what you said though, like that Tim Grover said, it's like, even if 5% of the people and quite honestly, even if it's one or 2% of the people and it's at the end of the day, you've changed their life. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. And you mentioned something. A- amateurs listen to their feelings. Okay. Professionals don't listen to their feelings. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's that's important for you to really understand. I always joke and say, if you think Journey wants to sing Don't Stop Believing again, you, you've lost your mind. They don't feel like singing Don't Stop Believing, folks. How, how, do, how, how do you how do you how do you change that mindset from not being in so much into your feelings? Because I I run across that a lot, you know, and it's 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 frustrating sometimes because you almost have to talk to people. You have to be selected of your words not to trigger them because it spirals into something else. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight because yeah. one of the things I'm going to teach you tonight are some of the strategies I use to build consistency. Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about expectation and proper expectation. I'm going to talk a lot about um, the, the second two parts of pre drive, which is persistence and intensity. So the way I've, I've kind of broken this down tonight that I'm going to be talking about is really three problems I see with people that are not battle tested. Okay. Uh, William, do you want to give us one that you've learned? Yeah. Um, I was I thought about this a lot and I'm still analyzing the notes. It's been tremendous, but there were three, three words I wrote down yesterday and that is um, resilience conquers resistance and resistance has always been my enemy because it just, everything just crops up, you know, and one of the things that I've learned from you is to go back and look at the wins and to just to evaluate that and 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 see and go oh okay you know i can do this and i can move on to the next thing but that that whole thing there's so much here it's it, you could write a book off of just you know these two days that we've had so far I'm like thank you so much good good that's good man all right uh kelly eisler i got time for a few more then we're going to get into some teaching yeah one thing and i was going over my notes as well um and he said something I have not heard before that we're, we're not winners. We're not losers. We're choosers. Jesus. And um, I had not heard that before, but I really like that. We're not winners. We're not losers. We're choosers. And, I, and I've been really thinking a lot about him 
uh, part of my notes that I've gone over the conscious, you're thinking the foresight, like I'm constantly seeing myself going forward. You talk about the conscious living and, and the conscious being very conscious of your thinking and, and choosing that. So I've really been thinking, not, I'm not a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm choosing these things in my life. And he says every single day, like time travel into the future, imagine it every, every single day and, and say it and, and talk to yourself and it's what's in our head. So uh, that's made a big impact on me, coach. Yeah, and that's going to play into tonight. Part of consistency is is having a be that's so strong, that's so clear, that you're willing to, to suck the sour to get to the sweet, right? You're willing to fight through your feelings uh, and become a disciple to your own future. You know, that word discipline is a derivative of the word disciple which means to give yourself to a person or cause you believe in. So if you believe in your future enough, you're willing to kind of embrace the suck as the Navy SEALs say to get to that B and then it makes it all worth it. An example I use today is man, for 12, 12 years, I worked 80 to hundred hours a week to build a championship culture. And it sucked a lot of days, man, it totally sucked, but I wouldn't trade any of those 12 years for that one night of being standing in the middle of that, of that court being the best. It was all worth it, folks. It was all worth it. There is no regret whatsoever. So I just want to teach you big time people embrace the suck. Big time people have the have become disciples to their own future because your imagination, your future lives in your imagination. Okay. Discipline is a derivative of the word disciple, which means to give yourself to a person or cause you believe in. Okay, we know that Jesus had 12 disciples. Okay, and so they left everything and followed him. Well, part of your discipline is you believing in your own future, so much so that you are willing to become a disciple to that future. You go there in the mind, and then you go there in the body. You go there first mentally, then physically. Okay, and, and your B is so strong, you're willing to fight through your short-term feelings to experience some long-term. This is going to play into your wealth. A lot of you have to do things for years. To be able to put yourself in a position to have wealth, you got to do things for years where you sacrifice for your kids. You got to do things for years where you give up something so ultimately you could get something later. And that is part of being battle tested. All right, Natalie, do you have something? Yeah, uh, just one thing that really has helped me. And I love how he's got all those little sayings. But when adversity comes, do you go through it or grow through it? And in the past, um, I wouldn't go through it or grow through it, I would retreat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so that one there really means a lot to me. Well, big time people have the same fear that other people do. They wake up with fear just like everybody else does. The difference is that big time people do not contract when they're afraid they expand. And this is really critical for everybody to understand. Okay, when I, when I get scared, I don't contract, I expand. I take more action. I take more effort. A lot of people, when they get scared, they contract to places of comfort. And it's because they don't have enough, they don't have enough confidence or believe in their ability to fight through to get to the other side. So what they do is they they always, you know, I, I always say when we're low on confidence, we go back to old habits in new ways. Yeah. We go back to where we feel comfortable. Big time people get scared and they push. They actually exert more force and energy out into the marketplace. So, you know, this is a sign if you're a big-time person or not a big-time person. So that's good. All right, Jamie, one more, then we're going to get some teaching. Yeah, um, 
you know what? I just wanted to share, and you guys touched on it. A lot of you touched on it. And uh, what I took away is that self-talk in the morning, right? Getting yourself going and telling you who you are and who you want to be. And you just continue to do that self-talk, which gets you up and motivated. It gets me going because it tells me who I'm going to be for that day. And then the other thing I really liked in the last one is just the remembering where you came from as far as like what you've done in the past and how you've succeeded. And then just remembering those situations where you came up and you've uh, over, you know, you surprised yourself. And then it tells you, hey, you've been battle tested already. You could do it again. And just gives you me the confidence to take on anything. And, you know, nice. so that, that's what I took away. Well, at the end of the day, what you tell yourself every day. I tell myself when I wake up in the morning, I am a person of interest. People are counting on me to show up, to grow up, to deliver. My positive energy is going to be greater than any negative energy I face today. Okay. I'm willing to suck the sour to get to the sweet. My B is stronger than my A. Where I am is only temporary. Where I'm going, right, is, is, is where I'm trying to get to. So all good stuff tonight, guys. And, uh, you know, I do want to tell you that Dr. Elko and I are considering doing a day together. We're both live people. If you've ever seen but both of us speak, we really love being in a room with people. He speaks as much as I do. We both speak probably 150 to, to 200 times a year around the world. And our, our schedules are really, really cramped and busy. All right. Can you guys see me here? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go on my iPad versus my computer. All right. What I was saying, I don't know where we cut off, where we cut off, but what I was basically saying, now I can see your faces. I couldn't see your faces a minute ago. Now, what I was saying is Dr. Elko and I have been talking about us potentially doing a day at the lodge with just he and I and breaking this stuff down live. Okay. But, but like I said, we're only going to do it if we have enough interest. So if you are considering or interested in potentially doing that, it's not committing you, but if you're interested in either doing, going through a full day virtually or coming and being in a room with he and I live at my lodge at some point this fall, then just email eric at coachbert.com. Eric at coachbert.com. I'm thinking the price point's going to be 497 under 500 bucks, but we'll only do it if we get 50 people just to just, just so it's, you know, we can put it on a schedule. So Eric White is on my team, Eric at coachbert.com. And just, we're going to accumulate names and see if people are interested in that. And if you are, we'd love to do it but it's got to make sense for us to do it based on our schedules. And uh, so he and I are considering that. So we'll see what kind of feedback we get. And if we get enough interest, we'll do it. If we don't get enough interest, we'll just keep on going. Right, Chris? We just keep on going, man. We'll just keep on going. All right. Let, let's go through. I want, I want you to write down three things tonight. Because when I wrote down the battle-tested concept, I said, man, there's three problems that I see. As a coach, I'm coaching probably a thousand to two thousand people uh, every month. I'm all over the country, and I'm like, "What are the problems with being battle tested?" Okay, and I really come up with three. Okay, number one problem is people are just not tough enough, and I'm going to equate this to inconsistency. Okay, so I want you to write down the word inconsistency. I hear this a lot as a coach. Man, I'm just not consistent. Man, I hear you talk about working out every day, but I just can't get my big booty in there to work out every day. Like I hear you talk about prospecting every day, but I can't, man, I just can't, I just can't. Okay, so number one is people are just not tough enough. And I'm going to associate that with the concept of just being inconsistent. Some days you're great, some days you're average. 
You don't know how to show up every day and get it done. Okay. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack that. Number two, this is a big one, is improper expectation. Improper expectation. So what I see a lot of people do is they start and they quit. Okay. They start and they quit. For a period of time, I owned a gym, an F45 gym, Phil Mills. And I thought this was going to be a good lesson for me to learn about human nature. And so I did a promotion. I wanted to grow their sales, Kevin Perry. So I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to come in and do a promotion. You get to work out with Coach Burke. If you'll get up, be here at 6 a.m., you can work out right beside me every day. On day one, there were 17 people there to work out with me. They were so excited. They had headbands on. And, man, they were jumping up and down. This is going to be incredible, right? And, and, and day one, I had 17 people there. I said, man, I can't wait to work out. They got finished. They said, it feels so good, Coach. Man, it's the best I've felt in for years. It was hard, but, but, but I did it. i see you back tomorrow, Coach. On day two, there was only 13 people. Dropped off four after one day. Day three, there were 10 people. Day four, there were four people. Day five, there were two people. Got to day number six, folks. This is the sixth day. It was me and one little redheaded dude. That's it. Just me and him. And that dude stayed with it, went through an incredible transformation, changed his whole life, man. He said, just getting to work out with you every day is amazing, man. We talk business. We talk and joke with each other and work through, right? Here's the deal. There's improper expectation. And I'm going to show you my mindset about expectation because some of you have improper expectation because of that. You start and you quit a lot. You start and you quit. You start and you quit. You start and you quit. If you have an 18 to 25 year old or 18 to 30 year old, the statistics are telling me that they, they, they have changed jobs as many as 24 to 37 times. Wow. They start and they quit. They start and they quit. How good can you be, man? If you start and quit all the time, you can't. I see people start health programs and they go for 90 days and then they quit. I see people start coaching programs. They go 90 days and then they quit. I see people start a business and they want to make a million dollars in the first year and they quit. So the second problem we're going to tackle tonight is the problem of improper expectation. The third problem we're going to tackle tonight, and this is come up some of my work on pre drive is persistence and intensity. Persistence persistence and intensity. Now, what, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is part of prey drive is there's three parts of prey drive. There's an activation of that prey drive. And for those of you that are new to my coaching, prey drive is an instinct to see something with the eyes or in the mind and have the persistence and intensity to pursue it, right? There's three components of prey drive, activation, persistence, and intensity. Lots of people, like I spoke today, 250 people, they're excited. Okay, here's the deal, man. There'll be a very small number of people who will have the persistence and intensity to go and do what I talked about today. Prospect two hours a day, follow up seven to 15 touches, see something through to its conclusion. So the third problem I see with battle tested is, man, a lack of persistence and intensity. So let's start with number one. How do I get tougher? How many of you would say that you were raised tough? How many by show of hands would say, right? 
And part of your conditioning in life is you were raised in a tough environment. I was raised by a single mom. She had me when she was 16 years old. She she had rules in her house. Always had to look like somebody when I left the house. We dress up, we show up, we grow up, we deliver, we don't whine, we don't complain, we don't miss it, we don't make excuses. Mom would not let me miss a day of school growing up, and I hated it. I'll be honest with you, I absolutely hated it. Why do why do other kids get to miss, but I don't get to miss? Why do I have to go every day? And when I graduated, there were only three of us in my graduating class that had that had not missed a day of school from the time we were in second grade to 12th grade. Just three of us. And I remember how much conditioning, right? That toughness that my mother instilled in me with, man, we don't whine. We show up, we grow up, we deliver, okay? So some of you were conditioned to be tough. Some of you were not conditioned to be tough, right? I played sports. I had a great coach my whole life. So so I want to equate your consistency as it being tied to your commitment to one thing, Okay. And I want you to draw on your piece of paper uh, uh, an A. A is where you currently are. Okay. A is where you currently are. Okay. I want you to write down. I want you to write down at A. All the things right now you're incredibly frustrated with. I want you to write down the problems you're facing right now in your business the things you absolutely hate that's going on right now. Write down your A. You're at A right now. Okay. And A is some current situation. I want you to write down everything you're frustrated with. All right. Now, once you have what you're frustrated with, that's your current position in life. Okay. Now I want you to write a a line over to B. And B is some desired outcome that you are trying to create. B is some desired outcome that you're trying to create. Could be quantitative, meaning you can measure it. Could be qualitative, meaning this is some desired outcome that I'm looking to drive in my life. Now, in the middle between A and B, Something's got to happen. There's something prohibiting you from moving from where you are to where you want to be. Okay. And when I'm coaching a person individually, I force them to give me a B. And I'm like, what's your B, man? I need a B. I need something to drive toward. Now, what you're going to find between A and B is, is several things. You're going to find excuses. You're going to find you don't have the right knowledge. You're going to find you don't have the toughness it takes to go from A to B. You're going to find uh, uh, you don't know how to get from A to B. Right. But more importantly, what you're going to find is some key decisions you got to make. And you got to, in, in Dr. Elko's words, leave your amateur desires behind and make a decision to go pro. Now, I did this exercise six different times on a plane, on a plane ride from Phoenix not long ago. Six different times I drew it up. I'm at A, and I'm frustrated with these five things. And these things come up over and over and over and over and over. They are recurring problems. 
the same problem, different day. Right. I'm sure you got, I'm sure you got your little version of things you just hate right now. These ver right. But, and then here over here is your desired outcome. This is what I'm trying to drive. Now question is, is that B strong enough for you to be tough enough to move from A to B and make the hard decisions you got to make? Could require financial investment. Could require you getting on a plane and going and getting around somebody. Could require you hiring somebody. Could require you letting go of something. Like a lot of people just stay at A and complain about it. They don't really have the toughness to move to B. Right. In, in my A to B, there were people I needed to reach out to. There were changes I needed to make. There were disciplines I needed to create. There were right like 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 going from my A to B. It's like, here's all the things I'm frustrated with. Here's an ideal outcome. Here's the decisions I got to make to go from A to B, man. And that word decide means to kill something off. So so when you're thinking about it. Number one, when you do that exercise and you're clear about your B, you're clear about where you're trying to go, there's most likely something you got to give up to get there. What is that something? Like I said, it could be money. It could be an old way of thinking. It could be an old mindset. And I wrote down, are you tough enough to move from A to B? Is your B strong enough for you to become a disciple to that B? For you to see it and have the self-discipline. Now, a lot of people hire me uh, as their coach, Eric Richard, and they, here's what they say to me. I need accountability. Man, I need accountability. I need accountability. Man, I need accountability. Coach, I just, here's what I say back to them. People that are a disciple to their own future don't need accountability. Dr. Elko said alert. You're alert not accountable. You're alert to your potential. Here's the deal. I don't need you to get me out of bed in the morning. I don't need you to motivate me. I don't need you to tell my goals are strong enough and my B is strong enough for me to motivate my own self. Because here's the deal. What if I do call you? What if I call David Laster and, and uh, man, we talked for 30 minutes on Monday. Maybe I call him once a week. What's he going to do the other 167 hours that week when I'm not with him? See, I, I can't see your future. I can't, I can't, your future lives in your imagination. Either you will become a disciple to that future or you won't. Either you will have a self-discipline, the only lasting form of discipline, man, is self-discipline. Okay. I wrote down when I was making notes for tonight, man, when I owned that gym, I was in, I was in better shape than I am today. Because I was in that gym every single day because I own the gym. And I'm like, man, I'm showing up for these people to show them I do this. I was working out six days a week, right? Now I work out, but I don't work out as hard as I did then. What did I have there? I had accountability. I had a structure. I had a coach. I had other people. I had peer pressure. And when I was in that pod, that served as a level of accountability for me, right? Now I'm over here on my own, working out on my own. I work, don't work out at the same pace I did then. It's easy to make excuses. I'm on the road. I don't have a trainer with me. There's no F45 in Sioux Falls. Like you can make any excuse you want to, folks. The here's the, here's the truth. At the end of the day, you can't deposit those excuses. So if you put over here, man, I'm in the best shape of my life, and that's part of B. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm running a company that is self-managing itself. I'm making this amount of money. This is my B. I, I have freedom. 
from this. I spend more time with my family. Whatever it is you write down for your B folks, whatever that is. Okay, there's something in the middle that is keeping you from going from A to B. Okay, so I wrote down, will you become a disciple to your future? So what do I do? I start with daily commitments. Private victories precede public victories. First private victory you got to get when it comes to battle tested is you got to tell yourself you're going to do something. You got to actually do it. I'm going to get up at six in the morning and work out. I'm going to do things that make me successful. I'm going to prospect two hours a day. I've got certain daily commitments. You know, when I was working with Michael O'Donnell, the number one solar salesman in the world, for many years, he was an alcoholic and uh, he went to Alcoholics Anonymous. And and, uh, one of the things in Alcoholics Anonymous they teach you is you don't have a drink of alcohol no matter what, no matter how bad a day you have, no matter what environment you're in, no matter what kind of state of mind you're in, no no matter what your confidence level is, no matter what. You don't drink a drop of alcohol, no matter what. Okay, that's one of their core principles. And he talks about these little daily mini habits. Dr. Elko called it the, you know, the the down and dirty, the the right, the nitty gritty. These daily habits that you have that you make to yourself. Part of being battle tested is between stimulus and response is a space, and in that space lies my ability to choose my response. Okay, and when I have a choice to make a decision, I honor the decision I already made. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. I translate my mission to my moment. Okay, I translate my mission. If I'm trying to lose weight, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, man. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Man, when I have a chance to eat this versus this, I don't eat it. When I have a chance to do this versus this, I don't do it. When I have a chance to get in trouble, right, I don't do it because I can't put myself in these situations. I have these little private victories. Okay, I have these little private victories. And these private victories, enough private victories turn out to be public victories. Okay, some of you need to have the private victory of picking up the phone, making a sales call closing a deal, following up like you said you were going to, seeing something through to its conclusion, even when you don't want to do it. Because what that does is it works the muscle. And the more you work the muscle, the more it becomes muscle memory. The more it becomes muscle memory, the more you do it automatically, man. It becomes natural to you. I used to make my players shoot 500 shots a day. And um, this was after practice. You know how long takes, you, you know how long it takes to, to take 500 shots a day? I want you to think about Turn this. my phone. Okay. It takes a long time to, to take 500 shots a day, hours. And my players would practice. And then they, and then I, one day, one of my players kind of had a bad disposition about it. And um, she called me over there and I said, man, what's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Why do you have such a bad attitude? She said, coach, I don't understand why you make me shoot 500 shots a day when you won't let me shoot in the game. You let other people shoot, but you won't let me shoot. And I went home that night and, you know, me being a coach, I'm like, girl, I'll make you shoot a thousand shots a day. (laughs) Right. How dare you talk back to your coach? Like I'll make you take a thousand shots a day. And I went home that night and she was right. I was making her build a muscle then not letting her use the muscle. So I went back the next day and I said, ladies, I want to apologize to you. I've been making you take 500 shots a day and I won't let you shoot in the game. From this point forward, when you're open, when you're open, anybody can shoot it. You know what happened when I did that? Every category we had went up. 
Every stat we had went up, right? That girl, I had to stay on her every single day. I had to be in her face every day. She didn't have a father figure, right? She, she needed direction and counsel every day. She needed the toughness, the discipline, the coach in her life every day. But I'm telling you, we would not have won a championship if that girl hadn't said that to me. Okay, that built the muscle. Okay, now let me tell you the sad part of that story is many years later, when that girl did not have a coach in her life, she hung around the wrong people, the wrong crowds. And I got a call one day that said she had overdosed and died at uh, 32 years old. And uh, one of my friends called me and he said, man, her whole life, she needed somebody right there on her. When she was in a good environment, when she had a coach, she had the toughness. We wouldn't have won a championship if that girl wouldn't have said that to me. So when they called me and told me she passed away at 32 years old or, or 34 years old of an overdose, it just, it told me, it told me the power of having somebody in your life, man, that'll just be there with you and push you and challenge you. She didn't know how to win the private victories. She didn't know how to have the private victories. So she never had the public victories. So for you, number one, when it comes to toughness, how tough are you to get up and have a daily commitment? And, and no matter what, man, I want you to, I want this to ring in your mind tomorrow. When you get up, say, I want to work out no matter what I'm not doing, I'm doing it. No matter what, I'm not, I'm not going to not follow through. So number one is that's how you get tougher. Okay. You have a lot of volume. You push and push and push because you don't know when there's going to be a breakthrough. And I'm telling you from coaching a lot of salespeople, man, they don't have the toughness to do this. They start and they quit. They start and they quit. They start and they quit. So number one, you got to get tougher. And that's how you get tougher. Number two, they don't have proper expectations. A lot of people have improper expectations when it comes to this, here's my expectation. It's going to take 10,000 hours of practice with correction, with feedback. Everything I get involved in, here's what I think. It's going to take longer than I thought it was going to. It's going to be harder than I thought it was going to. And it's going to cost more money than I thought it was going to. <laughs> Everybody see those expectations I've got? It's going to take longer than I thought. It's going to be harder than I thought. It's going to cost more money than I thought. Now, so, so when somebody comes to me and says, man, they didn't come through, man. They didn't follow up, man. It didn't work the way it was supposed to, man, whatever. Here, here, here in my mind, I'm like, I already knew that, man. It's going to be harder. It's going to take longer. It's going to be more expensive. That's the way you need to go into things. You don't go into things thinking, man, the first three weeks I'm going to make money. I see people get in these direct selling businesses. And they think because they got a little bit of influence and people like them within a couple of weeks, they're going to be making millions of dollars. I see people start real estate and they, and they, man, I'm going to try real estate for a few weeks. I'm going to be driving Cadillacs, cashing big checks because I'm a good people person, right? I see people get in the, you know, health coaching business, man, I'm going to make $7 million in my first year. Folks, come on. Part of the problem is you got improper expectation. That's why you ain't tough enough. I actually think, look, people ain't going to show up. Okay. Mike, my guy with me today, we went to this event. He said, man, they're starting to come in here. They're expecting like 200 people to be here to see you, coach. You know what I said? I don't believe it till I see 200 people in that room, man. You know how many people told me they're going to be 200 people in the room and told me we're going to make this much money and told me it's going to be easy, right? I've heard that for years, man. So I expect it to be hard. I Every study in the world, with the exception of a few, says it's going to take 10 years, 10,000 hours of practice with correction and feedback. Okay. Now there are some studies out there that say that you can do it quicker, 
that you can do it quicker than that. But, but, but I look at my own careers, my 10th year, I won a championship. It was my 10th year. My business had multi-million dollars. It was my, right. It was like 10 years or something magical about 10,000 hours of practice in 10 years, man. I don't know what to tell you. See, one thing they don't talk about with Coach Saban is you guys know where Coach Saban was in his first year? Where's all my Alabama fans on here, right? Here, here what they don't tell you. Co- Coach Saban, what was he in his first year? Seven and four, four and seven, seven and four. Got beat by Louisiana Lafayette, Lafayette thought, the, thought the world was going to fall apart, right? Remember that? See, they don't talk about those years. So they don't talk about at the Miami Dolphins. They don't talk about trying to turn it around. They don't talk about trying to do these things. See, we don't talk about seven and six. Thank you, Ronald. Seven and six is first year at Alabama, right? My first year, I was 13 and 16. See, see, my second year, 18 and 10. My third year, 28 and three. Took me 10 years to figure out how to win a championship. Everybody see that? We don't talk a lot about that part, folks. Okay. My first client, first big client that I had, paid me $144,000 to be their coach. I was so excited. Jackie Bush, I got $144,000 coming in. I'm a high school basketball coach. Three months into the contract, they canceled the contract. Then I had no clients, no money, no income, no insurance, no benefits, no nothing. (laughs) That's how you toughen up, folks. It's like, all right, when your backbone touches your belly bone, now I'm motivated because I ain't got no money and no nothing. Okay. Now, when you think about breakdowns um, and I think about having improper expectation, part of your battle tested concept is you go into it with all incorrect expectation of how hard this is going to be. Okay, you you just you're looking at it all wrong, man. You need to be thinking that this is going to take longer and be harder than it really is. And that way, when you take blows, okay, when you take blows, you don't have them. Now, I'm going to tell you a personal story. Several years ago in 2018, um, I had a new team, kind of a new team of people, and uh, I kept I had a I hired a president of my company. The first time I ever relinquished control of my company to another person to run the day to day operations, and I kept telling my president man, we're not collecting enough money. Like something ain't right. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, I'm coaching all these people. I'm looking at that QuickBooks number and it, something is not right. She, she kept telling me, no, we haven't accounted on it. We're getting a profit and loss statement every month. I'm telling you, it's right, coach. And I kept telling her, I'm telling you, it ain't right. Man. I know I'm just pushing hard, but I know it's not right. And so about seven months into this, I brought in another accounting firm to do an audit. And the accountant called me one day and she said, man, I, I got to meet with you right now. And she came to my lodge in Tennessee and she, uh, she set me down and she said, I need you to sit down for me to tell you what I got to tell you. And I said, okay. She said, we can't find $700,000. And I said, what? We can't, we can't find 700000 She's like, we can't find $700,000. I said, did somebody steal it? And she said, no. She said, your accounting firm, uh, when they come in, did not hit the right buttons in QuickBooks. So you went four months without collecting any payments from your customers. Right? And here's the problem. They were getting a receipt, telling them they had paid it. You were getting a receipt saying it had been paid, but she, she didn't hit the right button. So now... There's back pay to you from these clients for $700,000. And I'm like, well, what do you got to do? She's like, well, you got to go back to them and ask them for the money. Do you know how hard it is to go back to people that you coached 
a year ago and asked them for money. Some, some of them were completely mean. They're like, we don't care. We don't care. We took your services. It's your fault, right? Like we're not giving you the money. Some people said, I don't have the money to give you. So we ended up losing probably, I don't know, $300,000, when it was all said and done uh, because of that. Now, I'm out there just coaching, 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 coaching. And, and a, a person in my company came to me and she said, let me tell you the most impressive. Let me tell you the most impressive thing about you, Coach Bert, how tough you are. And she said, uh, you were going so hard and you're so tough. You didn't even recognize that you were missing $700,000. She said, man, that's amazing. Like you push so hard and with so much force and energy into the world that you didn't even miss 700 grand. She's like, that's tough, coach. Now, here's what I'm telling you. That will toughen you up, folks. That will toughen you up. Now, why am I telling you this? There's probably nothing that you could throw at me today that I haven't seen before. It's probably nothing that could happen. There's probably nothing that could go on. There's probably no person that could bring something to me that I haven't seen. What happens over a long cycle of time of dealing with so many different things is you just get so tough that, that you no longer major in the minors. Okay. What you're doing is majoring in the majors and all the drama, the small drama, the petty drama, the, the little excuses people use. What happened is you really become immune to it and you begin to, to kind of push out to the marketplace that you're not playing in the minor leagues anymore, man. You're playing in the major leagues. And when people bring you a little bit of problems, they're like, come on, man, that's your problem today. You're trying to figure this out. Like that's the way, that's the level of thinking you're at. So, so tough part number two of being battle tested, in my opinion, is go back to what I just said. This is going to be harder than I thought it was going to be. This is going to take longer than I thought it was. It's going to be more expensive. Okay. And this is, there's going to be some expensive tuition that comes along with learning some of these lessons, right? It's going to be some expensive tuition. Now, when I took over that F-45, by the way, the people that I came in to help uh, were $700,000 in debt. They mortgaged their second mortgage, their house, gave up all their 401, uh, used one, were burned through all of their retirement, sold everything they had, and it still didn't work. Now, I want you to think about working your whole life to have all your retirement, to get the second mortgage your house for a, a dream that you got. And it just completely wipes you out. Like you ain't got, you got nothing and you don't have the dream. Okay. So imagine that that's toughness that it takes. Okay. Even with me coming in, trying to help them, we increased their membership by 40 to 50 new people in a short period. It still wasn't enough to get them out of that. They still weren't tough enough to, to fight through it. Why? They didn't have enough money. Okay, and I know Matt Monero's on here, my buddy who wrote the book, You Need More Money. Trust me, if you're trying to do something big in the world, you need to get a copy of that book, You Need More Money, because I don't care who you are. You need more money. You need that toughness because if something's going to happen to you, you're not going to be able to find 700 grand. Somebody's going to hit you in a certain way. You got to be ready. Okay, number three. Persistence and intensity. What is people ask me all the time, what do you mean by this when it comes to prey drive? When it comes to being battle tested, I, I coach my team a lot on one thing, take it and see it through to its conclusion. Okay, quit talking about it and see it through to its logical conclusion. Okay, inspiration to me is when an idea has a hold of you and it is trying to get you to a place you want to go to. 
Okay. So Ronald Woodall says, man, I got inspired. I heard coach Burt and I'm inspired. It's like cotton candy tastes good for a second. And then it goes away. Right. Motivation is where you have a hold of an idea and you are going to see that idea through to its logical conclusion. Okay. So I'm constantly telling my team, go another step, see it through. Don't just have the idea. Don't just talk to people about it. It's not, it's not a deal until it's a deal. I've had a group of people tell me they're going to sign a $70,000 contract now for two weeks. Every day I talk to them, they're going to sign it today. And every day at the end of the day, they hadn't signed it. They get a message from me, Nikki Taller, every single day. Good morning. It's Coach Burt. When, when can I expect when when can I expect you to sign that contract? Because you told me two weeks ago you're going to do it. We renegotiated the terms. You told me this is how you wanted it. I gave it to you exactly the way you wanted it. Now you still hadn't signed the contract. Well, this group's got it. And this group's got it. And this group's got it. And I'm like, look, look, man, I'm going to be here in your face every day until we have a signed contract because I see things through Kevin Perry to their conclusion. Do you know how many people in life do not see things through to their conclusion? You know how many people have open files out there? How many of you have open files right there of things you haven't brought to an end? Right. And you've talked to people, you've sales flirted with people, you've 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 chatted with people. You've had dialogue with people. Like like right. I had a one guy on my sales team many years ago. He come in. He's got eighty thousand dollars in his pipeline. Every day he's got eighty thousand dollars in his pipeline. After about three weeks of that, I'm like, man, you ain't closed any of those deals. It's always in your pipeline. <laughs> okay. So I'm all I'm always sitting on eighty thousand dollars of deals. Right. Finally, I'm like, look, man, I can't I can't trust you, man. You don't ever bring anything through to its conclusion. You talk about it. You dream about it. You tell other people about it. You do everything, but actually do it. Okay. Battle tested people are like, look, man, I'm going to take this idea and I'm going all the way with it. Okay. I'm going to see it through. So when you ask me, what is persistence? Persistence is the ability to subordinate what I want now for what I want eventually. Persistence is the ability to subordinate what I want now for what I want eventually. I'm willing to give up something to get something. I'm willing to see it through to its conclusion. I'm willing to call them every day for 21 straight days if that's what it takes to get the contract signed. I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to risk rejection. I'm willing to risk them thinking I'm aggressive. I'm willing to risk whatever to see it through to its conclusion. Okay. Now, I want you to think about four types of people. Small time people get together and talk about other people. That's all they do. Spend their time talking about everybody else. The next group up gets together and talks about events. Well, this happened last weekend. This happened last weekend. Okay. Uh, big time people get together and talk about ideas. Real big time people get together and talk about execution of those ideas. Everybody see that? Okay. Now we're going to be going to dinner tonight with a very successful doctor here in uh, Sioux Falls. Who's been our guest. Who's been, you know, been our host this whole time. He's told us two or three times what he wants to do. He wants to do this. He wants to do this. He wants to do this. Okay. So, so tonight, okay, I'm just going to take this pad right here. I'm going to listen to him just like I did last night. I'm going to draw it up and I'm going to say, here's the agreement. Okay. We don't have a contract. We got this, we got this notepad right here and I'm going to drop exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop how much it costs. I'm going to put my signature right here. I want you to put your signature right here. And we're going to, we're going to sign an agreement tonight while we're, while we're here. Okay. We're not going to talk about it anymore. We've been talking about it for two or three days. Tonight, we're going to talk about doing it. These, this is what I want to do. This is how much it's going to cost, right? We're going to do it right now because there's a power in doing it now. 
There's a power in doing it right now. Okay. So persistence to me is the ability to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Okay. I didn't hit it that way. I'm coming at it this way. It didn't work that way. I'm coming at it this way. So I asked people on my team, did you try to get in touch with David, David Hall? And they say, well, what do you mean? Well, well, I called him, but he didn't answer. Now, Troy Dooley, you got agents that you know, they call people and they say, well, I tried to call him, but he didn't answer. No. Did you text him? Did you video text him? Did you voice text him? Did you call him? Did you send a pigeon to his house? Right. What, what, what did you do to get in touch with David? How hard did you work to get David's attention? Because my, my guess is if you tried harder, you can get in touch with him. Persistence is the ability to see something through to its conclusion. A lot of people are talkers and dreamers, folks. Okay, if I tell you I'm going to build greatness factories all over the country, I'm going to build greatness factories. You're going to physically see them. It's going to happen. Does that make sense? I'm not going to just talk about it. I'm going to do it. Okay, so what is that called? Got to raise capital. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to talk to these people. Got to find the land. I got to do the property. Got to do that. Wait, whatever it's going to take, man, we're going to do it. That's toughness. Okay, now let's talk about persistence and adversity. I'm going to give you my five rules of a crisis. When um, when you have something that don't go your way and you have some adversity, we're going to give a definition to that adversity tonight. Adversity is a departure away from the ideal scene. It is an unwanted outcome. Right, Vicki? You had it in your brain. Something was going to happen a certain way. Lynn Lewis, and Nick Smith, and John Burt. You had it in your brain. Something's going to happen a certain way. Man, it just didn't quite go the way you thought it was going to. It, it was a departure away from the scene you had in your mind. That's an adversity. Now, when you have that adversity, okay, you have a choice to make between stimulus and response is a space. And in that space lies your ability to choose your response. So, so many years ago, I had a great basketball player and uh, we were picked to win a championship. And I was so excited, man. I got the best team I've ever had. We're picked to win a championship. We got a great player. My dreams are going to come true. And that player uh, got injured. And the team doctor came to me and said, man, she's going to be out for 10 games. And I'm like, 10 games? Like, that's it, man. That's it. Season's over. And I threw myself a little pity party. For one night, all of the work, all of it's going downhill, everything we work for, one chance to win a championship. Man, I was right. And then I said, man, this ain't I can't do this. I have got to figure out a way, because if I'm thinking this, Phil Mills, what do you think my players are thinking? I guarantee they're already thinking it's over. Best players out, we're done. And I make up my mind, man, I got to come up with a formula on how to handle this. I got to, I got to flip it. I got to turn this into a positive. And so I come in the next day and I said, look, I got, we've had a crisis. Right? Let's admit it. Okay. Let's admit it. I need, I need some rules of a crisis. All right. Here's my five rules of a crisis. Number one, let's quit saying why me. Let's start saying, what is this trying to teach me? This trying to teach me something. And I said, let me tell you what this is being Jamie. This is teaching me that everybody in this room has got more to give, but you ain't giving it because you've been riding that girl's back. You've been relying on her score 35 points a night. Man, you could score 15 a night, and you could score 10 a night. You could do this, but you ain't been doing it because you've been counting on her to do it. Guess what? She ain't here to do it. So I need you to step up and do it. Okay? Let's quit saying, why me? Why did this happen to us? Why I'm a victim? 
Why, why I'm a good person. I go to church on Sunday. Why do right? Why is this happening to me? Okay. Read the book of Ecclesiastes, folks. Read about Job. Okay. Bad things happen to good people. Okay. So you got to quit saying, why me? What's this trying? Why is it? You got to say, what's this trying to teach me? What that was trying to teach me is I needed to get tougher. I need to toughen up my other players. I needed bench strength. I need to sell them on getting better. I need to, I need to quit relying on one player to win a championship because I wasn't going to win it with one championship, one player. That's what it was teaching me. Okay. Second thing is what was my contribution to this adversity? Now, let me tell you something funny. My first year, I had four ACL tears when I was a basketball coach. Four of my top five players got injured. And I went to my team doctor, Rod White, and I was all mad. And I'm like, what's the problem, doc? And he looked at me and he said, you're the problem. <laughs> I said, me? Wait, what do you mean I'm the problem? He said, you have worked these poor kids to death. They have never worked this hard in their life. You have increased the intensity so much. You've injured all of your own players. He said, you're the problem. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what was my contribution to this adversity? Okay, when my wife gets mad at me, you don't say, why me? Why are you in a bad mood? Why are you acting like that? What I should have said is, what was my contribution to this mess? Did I not give enough attention? Did I not, did I not do something I said I was going to do? Did I not follow through on something? What was my contribution? Instead of being a victim, let's... Take, take back. What, what did I do here to create this mess? Step number three, I got to get stable. A lot of people, when they have adversity, they get emotional. Okay. Worst thing you can do, man, is get emotional. You make bad decisions when you get emotional. You say things you don't mean when you get emotional. Okay. When you have adversity, you got to just stay calm. Stay calm. I got to get stable. I can't make irrational decisions. A lot of people go to extremes when they get emotional. Okay, step four, I got to reach out and get some help. Somebody has been through this before and can help me. Somebody, right, can help me work through this. Who, who do I need? Who can I talk to? Who can help me? Check my pride at the gate. Check my ego at the gate. And step five is I got to get busy. I got to get busy. Quit talking about it. I got to quit living in the past. I got to start pushing toward the future, man. Okay, past is finite, future holds infinite possibility. I got to quit living in the past. A lot of small-time people live in the past. They talk about the past. They relive and rehash the past. Folks, it didn't work out. Okay, when I, lost, when I couldn't find the 700 grand, all I could do is say, hey, how do I fix this so it never happens again? What lesson can I learn here? You better believe I check on that money every single week now, Jackie Bush. I know where all the lettuce is now. I check on it every single week. I'm going to say, are you sure they ran? I get a report on every single day. I don't live there. I learn from there. Okay. This is how you handle adversity, folks. Five rules of a crisis. Now, let me finish with this tonight on intensity, and then I'll take any questions. When it comes to the persistence and the intensity, intensity is ferocity of attack. A cheetah closes 60% of what it pursues because it wakes up, it sees it, it pursues it, it kills it. 60%. See, a lot of people wake up with a lot of hesitation. And I'm going to call that a consideration. A consideration is an internal thought that prohibits an external action. You're afraid of something. What if they don't like me? 
What if they what if they reject me? What if they don't take my phone call? What if they say no? What if they say it's too expensive? What if they right? A consideration is an internal thought that prohibits you from taking an action. You're scared of something. People that have an intensity about them have removed the consideration. All they can do is say no. All they can do is say I'm not interested. All they can do is say lose my number. Okay. If you're too weak, that one phone call could completely destroy your confidence. Folks, that is not battle tested. If you're so weak that one person on Facebook that don't like you could destroy your confidence, then you ain't that strong. Okay. You have got to get to the point where my confidence is not predicated by what you think about me. My confidence is predicated by what I think about me. Some will, some won't. So what? Intensity is I see it in the mind's eye and I pursue it. And I pursue it like a, a cheetah attacking. I don't have all these considerations. Like I'm going to ride around tonight and find a place for a greatness factory in Sioux Falls. That's it. That's all we need. We need, we need real estate. We need a licensee. We need a partner. We need a person who wants to do it. Boom. It ain't that complicated, folks. Okay. I've never been to Sioux Falls before except tonight, but I guarantee you there's a great place to have a greatest factory. We don't have to write a dissertation on it. We just have to say, hey, who's in and who's out? So intensity is I have a B. B is clear. I'm at A. And every day I wake up, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take intense action toward my B. I'm going to take intense action toward my B. Every action I take is moving me toward my B, man. You can't distract me. You can't get me off focus. You can't, you can't get me sidetracked because I'm intentionally moving. I'm intentionally manifesting exactly what I said I was going to do. Now, I'll close with this and take any questions. When I was 25 years old, I sat down on a beach in, Des in Destin, Florida, and uh, I wrote down 10 things I was going to do in the next 10 years. I'm going to write a best-selling book. I'm going to win a championship. I'm going to have an oceanfront property. I'm going to make a million dollars whatever. And I wrote it down and I imprinted it in a subconscious mind on a yellow notebook, piece of yellow notebook paper. And then I lost it. And I didn't look at it for 10 years, 10 years. I didn't look at it. And I was moving from one house to another in Tennessee. And I was going through a bunch of stuff and I found that piece of paper and Marisol, guess what? I Guess what happened? I had accomplished all 10 things that I had written down on that yellow piece of paper. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I had won a championship. I'd made a million dollars. I had a beachfront property. Everything I wrote down that I was going to do in the next 10 years, I had accomplished. And it taught me a powerful lesson, man, in the power of a subconscious mind. You telling your brain what's going to happen. Never letting it tell you. Okay? You telling it, this is what's going to happen. I am going to do this. I'm already doing it. I am moving every day in every way. I'm moving toward a healthy and positive manner, man. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better in a healthy and positive manner. Every day I'm manifesting my be. Every day I'm doing this. Like I'm just telling the brain, this is what's happening. End of discussion. Your brain works for you. You don't work for it, by the way. So part of being battle tested is when you have these little feelings, I don't feel like doing this today. No, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to suck the sour to get to the sweet. I'm willing to embrace the suck to get there. This is how we got to start training. This is battle tested, folks. So tonight, what do we tackle? Number one, we ain't tough enough. Number two, we got improper expectation. Number three, we don't have the persistency and the intensity that we need to be successful. All Dr. Elko and I do, if you noticed, is we 
study the best people in the world and we just ask simple questions, man. What, what, what makes the best, the best? What are they willing to do that we're not willing to do? And then we package it up into, I would call them mental hacks, things that we do, right? When we face fear, things that we do when we're, when we're uh, under pressure, things that we do, how we self-talk ourselves, okay? This is what a good coach should do for you, all right? So what questions do you guys have tonight? Any questions on any of the things I talked about tonight? Any of the mental hacks that I use? You got the five rules of a crisis in there. That's important. Okay, is there anything yeah, I got, that you I got a question, Coach. Go ahead. So, you know, I, I, listen, I was over there with you uh, last weekend with Nate's group, um, and I'm always listening to your YouTube. I'm always here, and I'm just wondering, like, I know you study a lot of people, and you still do, and you have. You know, what's, a, uh, I guess, advice on how I could retain all this information? Like, when you go back, when you study these people, like, should I sit here and block off an hour to review the notes and, like, you know, maybe rewrite them or something like that? Like, how am I – a tangible way for me to retain all this information that I'm just constantly getting? Yeah. I, I learned this from Covey. If you saw one of the books that I read, Nick, I don't read a book. I devour a book. Okay? I've read the same book 25 times, man. And when I do, I take notes on top of notes, on top of notes, I highlight, I write in the margins, I write in the back, I write in the front, I draw it up on my remarkable, I teach it. As I learn things, I teach them to other people and it helps me retain it. Okay. And I learned that from Covey. Covey taught us the two-person teaching model, which means for every time you learn something, teach it to somebody else. And when you teach it, it cements it in the mind. Okay. And so the reason I have a big retention system is because, A, I take in a lot of information, but I'm constantly studying and dissecting and codifying and breaking down that. And then I'm teaching it. OK, and it's just it's just uh, something that's helped me have a big retention system. OK, I spend all day Saturday on my day off when I'm not doing something. I'm out riding my bike every weekend. I study somebody very successful. I pick one person, I study them on Saturday. I listen to their podcast interviews, watch documentaries about them. They read a book about them. It's just a hobby I have. And every so by, when I come in on Monday, I'm significantly better than I was on Friday because I've studied somebody really successful on Saturday. Okay. When I, when my mind was relaxed, by the way, not when I was under pressure. So, so to me, having a big retention system, man, is so critical. You know, I spent four years in the prison system uh, rehabilitating maximum security offenders. And it was some of the hardest work I ever did. But man, it was so valuable for me to see people trying to transition out of prison in those circumstances, for me to try to learn the psychology, to try to enter engineer a person, rebuild their confidence. Gosh, man, it was it was so hard. Uh but man, it was so valuable. Now, when I look back on it, I coach so many different people, by the way, they paid me $450,000 for that assignment to go into the prison system and try to try to turn that thing around. You talk about a big assignment. That's a tough gig, man. But man, Nick, it helped me to relate to people of all walks of life, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all confidence levels, man. It was so, it was, it was like going to college, trying to learn how to rehabilitate a person. Like it was, so to me, I had to, I have to learn and study a lot of things to figure it out sometimes and, uh, and break it down. That's why I'm so fascinated with Saban. If you ever read the book on Saban, The Making of a Coach, it's probably the best book on Saban to really breaks down where he gets it, where he came from, why he's as tough as he is, 
the concepts he learned from his father working at the gas station. Be, you know, I mean, it's really a fascinating. It's called The Making of a Coach. It's a great book to really understand the psyche. Okay. All right. Any other questions? Go ahead, Phil. Yeah. Hey, Coach, I got a question. And the question is, I'm real curious on um, your thoughts and maybe how you would answer the question. Can someone incrementally advance, get better, move forward without sacrifice? No. Okay. That, does that answer your question? <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I thought the answer was, but I was just curious if you'd elaborate here, 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 with the experience of coaching, how, you know, if someone here, thought they could, how would you, how would you give them that no answer? I believe to have something, you got to give something up. Yeah. And, and to have a better body, you got to give up sugars and sweets and certain foods to, to, to have a better business. You got to give up time to have a better life, man. There's something you got to get rid of that to you. There's, there's to me, it's just some people are not willing to give it up, man. Some people it's pride. Some people it's ego, right? There was a dude there today that I could just tell that his pride would never let me be his coach. And he wasn't the best. He, he was in the top five. And his company, but I could just tell when I met him, I just, man, I got a sense of, man, I could never help this dude. He'd have to give up his pride to go from number five to number one, you know, and, 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 and he, and I don't think he'd do it. So to me, to be great, you got to give something up. It's typically time. It's sacrificing something. Okay. I mean, there may be a better way, but that's, that's just what I would tell you. I wish, I, I wish you could literally. You know, for me to help these people in Sioux Falls, I had to give up time with my family to be here. I can't have it both ways, man. I can't be there with them and be here with these people, right? So, so you know, my wife and I spend a lot of time talking about what we've given up in our life to be able to get to help a lot of people. And that's tough. It's real tough. Uh, but, but, but our goals are really big. And at the end of the day, our B is so strong that we're willing to sacrifice a few things to, to have a big legacy. Okay, so great question. Any other questions? Okay. All right, guys, this has been a good third. This is a good third week. Tonight, we talked about some very important things. I hope you're really getting a lot out of this series. It all starts in the mindset, man. I don't care what anybody tells you. It all starts with the mindset. Every action you take is driven by your thoughts. Your thoughts are no wiser than your understandings. So the tougher you are mentally, the bigger the things you're going to do. So just remember, if you're serious about doing something with Dr. Elko and I, email eric at coachbert.com. Like I said, we're going to look at doing a day together. And if we got enough people to do it, we'll do it a live day. You can come be in a room with us. We'll coach the heck out of you or do it virtually. But uh, yeah, I'll see you at 8%. I'm going to Dallas after this. Man, thank you for a good night. We'll see you back again next Wednesday night, folks. Have a great, have a great night. God bless you.